0: If you would turn with us this morning to John chapter 14, John 14, for some weeks now we've been on this subject, we're calling now seeing Jesus, seeing Jesus. We can see him by faith, we can have a greater revelation of him in this life and see him clearer, and then also soon and very soon we're going to see him. You know, it won't be long. It won't be long. I don't care if you live another 75 years or 100 years or whatever. It won't be long. It'll come. It'll go. Just like that. And next thing you know, you'll be standing in heaven looking at the master. You'll be seeing him. Glory to God. And I'm telling you, I'm convinced he's everything you ever thought he is and more. You believe that? He's so good. He's love. He's grace. He's peace. He's joy. He's life. He's everything. And uh, in John 14 and verse, what is it, 22, 21. John 14, verse 21, Jesus said, He that has my commandments and keeps them, he's the one That loves me. You know the Bible said the devils believe in God. They believe that he is of course. But that doesn't help them. That doesn't benefit them. That doesn't save them. And there are people who say they believe in God. But you can tell that he's not real to them. It's cold. It's intellectual. It's not enough to just say you believe in him. You must love him. I said, you must love him. And when you love him, when you know him, and you've tasted of his goodness, you want more. And you begin to be hungry for him. And if you're not backslid and away from God, then you're hungry for more of him. And you love him. And he said, uh, the one that has my commandments and keeps them, he is the one, he it is, that loves me. It's not just the people that say they love the Lord a hundred times a day or that say it the loudest or the most emphatic. Who loves him? Who really loves him? If you say, well, I love him. Well, do you? Do you have and keep his words? Do you receive and respect what he said? What he said to you by his word? What he says to you by his spirit? What he says to you? daily do you have it do you receive it do you remember it and do you do it live it practice it if he tells you something and you know what he told you to do you see it in the word or you get it by his spirit which would always be in line with what he said in his word and you choose to do something else then that shows you love that more than you love him Or you know what he told you to do, but you go on and do what you wanted to do. That shows you love you more than you love him. But when you're willing to put your own feelings aside, your own desires aside, you'll submit to him, you'll follow, you'll change your whole life, change your whole plan, and do what he said. How many of that proves you love him more than you love yourself, more than you love your plans, your dreams, What anybody else said or wanted. How many know he's not supposed to be just Lord in title. But in actual life experience. Lord. That means we do what he says. He said he that has my commandments and keeps them. He it is that loves me. And what else did he say? He'll be loved of my father. I'll love him and will what? Will manifest myself to him. Now on this planet are all kinds of people who know nothing about God. They have no experience of Him at all. As far as they're concerned, there is no God. And they, as far as they're concerned, they have no proof that there's any God. And some of them rebelliously will say and defiantly say, Well, prove to me that there's a God and I'll believe. Well, no, He said believe. And you'll see. Believe him enough to receive his commandments and do them. And he'll reveal something to you. He'll show. Well show me and and I'll do it. Well do it and he'll show you. Well no you got to show me first. Well you're not going to see anything. You're not going to get anything. The psalmist said I would have fainted. Unless I had believed to see. Somebody says seeing is believing. Oh no. No no. You believe Then you see. Thus I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Put that up in the Amplified Forest again. Verse 21. He said, I will reveal and manifest myself to Him. I will let myself be clearly seen by Him and make myself real to Him. Does this matter to you? Are you hungry for this? Make myself real. Real to him can he be more real to you than he is right now do you suppose can you see him clearer and know him better oh no question about it and who is it up to whether I get to see him and know him better it's up to you and me whether we love him enough to absolutely do what he said do just let his word be our rule and guide in life Thank you, Lord. Well, if that's going to be the case, you're going to need to know what he said. So we have embarked on this study in the book of John of what he said. And we're looking carefully at what he said with an intent in our heart to do it. Knowing that as surely as we do that, what's he going to do? He's going to reveal himself, manifest himself to us. We made it down to chapter 11 last week. And we saw Lazarus got raised from the dead. Oh, hallelujah. This was a breaking point in many ways in Jesus' ministry. When this great miracle manifested, things came to a head, we might say, with this miracle. Now, we believe this is one of the ways that the Lord manifests Himself is in miracles, healings. Deliverances, signs, and we believe this is, we're believing for him to reveal and manifest himself to us. We are already experiencing some of these things in our midst. But how many believe they could be much, much greater? Oh, certainly. Much, much, much greater. Much more powerful. And even like these things, you know, we say this on a regular basis, greater things than these. Shall we say? Well, we're quoting him. That's what he said. And if you look back over this writing of John, we see that things begin to really uh, change in John 2 when the water was turned to wine. Remember that? I mean, people begin to uh, sit up and take notice and the crowds begin to get bigger and people heard about it. And then, you know, the Lord walked over to the pool of Bethesda. You remember that? And he ministered to that man that had been bound up for 38 years. And that guy got up and walked away. Hallelujah. And that shook the city. That shook the whole area. The religious leaders of the whole area called this guy in. Well, he went to church there. At their church. And his folks were there. They all knew him. And it couldn't be divided. But they couldn't get it sorted out. So they kicked him out of the church. Now, what was his crime? Come on, help me. What was his crime? They kicked him out of the church. They took his name off the roll and told the ushers not to let him in at the synagogue. What was his crime? He can see. Excuse me, I got ahead of myself, did not I? He can walk. He's healed after 38 years. And then that happened with the, the blind man that happened next. He's born blind, and the Lord told him to uh, go and wash in the pool of Siloam. And when he came back, they called him, you know, on the carpet. They put him out. That's who I was talking about. I mixed them up. But can you see the miracles are getting greater? Turning the water into wine, man healed at the pool, man born blind healed, and now what with Lazarus, a man who is dead raised from the dead is that the will of the Lord that things just get greater yes. that the miracles get greater the power and the signs and wonders get greater are we seeing that with this comes people coming to the Lord but it also comes persecution yes. hmm are we really believing for this yes. <laughs> see that was weak What did? It? like Are we believing for greater things than what we've seen? Or are we believing for outstanding things to happen? And will that cause people to come to the Lord and and get stirred up? But will it cause other people to despise us? And persecute us and try to do us harm? Well, Jesus said, if they hated me, they'll hate you. If they persecuted me, they'll persecute you. He said, the servant's not above his master, so, but... If masses of folk come to the Lord, we can handle the other part, right? I mean, by the grace of God, he'll help us. So chapter 12, Lazarus has been raised from the dead. How many would like to see some more is raised up? Yeah. Yeah. Somebody say, so be it. So be it. Verse 1 then Jesus, six days before the Passover, came to Bethany where Lazarus was, which had been dead, whom he raised from the dead. So, was Lazarus really dead? Uh huh. Yep. He had been dead, the Bible said. And now he's been raised from the dead. And there they made him a supper, and Martha served. But Lazarus was one of them that sat at the table with him. Somebody say, Glory to God. This man's body was in the tomb, cold, dead, stiff, and stinking after four days. And now he's sitting at the table with Jesus, laughing and cutting up, saying, Pass the potatoes. Nothing's too hard for the Lord. Come on, now think about what the Lord had to do. What condition was Lazarus' body in? What condition was his liver in? His kidneys? His lungs? His blood? What condition? Now, he was sick, bad. That's why he died. And then after that, his body got worse. How many know his body is decaying? What did the Lord have to do? What had to happen in that man's body? For him to be sitting there bright eyed and laughing saying pass the taters. Well if he can do that. He can sure tweak your kidney. Your lung. You You ain't that far gone. You ain't cold, dead, stiff and stinking now are you? Huh? (laughs) (laughs) No. God can fix that. God can fix dead. He can sure fix sick or weak or diseased or infected or inflamed or whatever. Somebody say, Nothing's too hard for the Lord. Nothing's too hard. Well, that means He can sure fix whatever's wrong with you. No question about it. And so, Mary. Lazarus' sister took a pound of ointment of spikenard. Very costly. Different ones say it was pure liquid nard. Very expensive. And anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. Is this an act of love? What's she endeavoring to do? Hmm? Honor him. And say thank you. Her brother's sitting up there. Her brother, they, they already had his funeral. He's sitting up there laughing. Is she thankful for what God has done in their family through Jesus? And she's got the most expensive, precious thing she has. And she gladly just dumps it on his feet. And takes her hair and wipes off the excess. Why? She's trying to say thank you. Isn't she? She's trying to say you're more, she said, this is the most valuable thing I have, but you are much more valuable to me than this. So here. And Judas speaks up and says, ah, what a waste. This could have been sold for 300 pence. How's he know exactly what it's worth? He knows to the penny. This could have been sold. We could have sold this and given to the poor. What a waste. Keep reading. This he said, not because he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief. Why does he want it sold? Where's the money going to go when it's sold? It's going to go in the bag. Who's got the bag? He's got the bag. He's a liar, he's a thief, he's a betrayer. What's he showing? He's showing he cares much more about the money than he does the master. And in just a few days, he sold the master out for 30 pieces of silver. And he covered it, he tried to cover it with a phony concern for the poor. The same thing is going on today, friends. People are talking and they're saying all kind of stuff. And what they're showing is they're money hungry. The reason they get so upset about the money is because that's what means the most to them is the money. It's good to help the poor. But it's also important to honor the Lord. And to bless your brothers and your sisters. This is important too. And we don't have to leave off either one. By the grace of God, we can be so blessed. We can do both. We can do both. And so Jesus said, you leave her alone. Leave her alone. Against the day of my burying she's kept this. But the poor always you have with you. But me you have not always. Much people of the Jews therefore knew that he was there. And they came not for Jesus' sake only, but that they might see Lazarus also, whom he had raised from the dead. So there were people coming into town just to see Lazarus. Because the word has gotten out. But the chief priests consulted that they might put Lazarus also to death. They've already made up their minds to kill Jesus. And now they add Lazarus on the list. They said, you know, he's got to go too. Lazarus has got to go. Kill him. They're making plans to take him out. What was his crime? Help me out. What was Lazarus' great crime against society? when jesus said lazarus come forth he came how many understand death is not the end physical death is obviously not the end because lazarus was dead he was cold dead stiff and stinking and yet when jesus called lazarus come forth he came so where was he His body was in there, dead and stinking, but he wasn't in there. And when the Lord called him, he came back from wherever he was and got back in his body. And the Holy Ghost power did a number on that body. Fixed his kidneys and his liver and his lungs and his blood and everything else that had been laying there decaying. Fixed it, I guess, in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. And he come a-bouncing out of there, huh? and now he's saying, pass the taters. And the Pharisee says, he's got to go. He has got to go. Why? Because his very presence messed up their doctrine. Just him sitting at the table, just him coming to town, grieves them, vexes them. Because people come up and say, you Lazarus? Yeah. You from so and so? Yeah. You the guy that was dead? I was dead. <laughs> no, we, we ain't talking about in a coma. No, we talking about dead, dead, stinky dead. <laughs> dead. dead for four days. Yeah. Well, he ought to know he was there. Yeah. And you been you were raised from the dead, raised from the dead. People were coming from other towns. They were coming from other places. And the Bible said because of him, many believed. Yeah. Oh, that's what it said right here. The chief priest consulted that they might put Lazarus also to death because that by reason of him, many of the Jews went away. Went away from what? From them. Yeah. Their cold, dead churches. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> went away from them, left them and believed on Jesus. They were losing people. And I may know that all of them should have went away? Yeah. The leaders should have left theirself. Yeah. <laughs> they should have left their own group. Everybody should have come over. But a lot of people are not. No matter what they see, no matter what they hear, no matter how real they know it is, there are people that will not. Now, we are believing God for some things. Do you want to be like Lazarus? Do you want to have such great things happen in your life and such miracles happen in your life that the Lord uses you to bring people to Him? Yes. Are you hungry for that? Yes. Would you say, yes, Lord, use me? Yes. Use me so that people that hear you and see you know come to you and go, is it true? Is it true? Did that happen in your life? You go, hey, hey I was there. I was, I saw it, I heard it. It happened to me. Do you want God to use you for people to come to Him and get saved and people to be brought back to the Lord just by seeing you and being around you? Can God use you that way? Yes, sir. Do you understand also, though, if that's true, if your life is powerful enough in that way, there will be others that will hate you. They will hate you because just you being around messes up their doctrine. They say tongues are passed away, but there you are talking in tongues. They say healing and miracles went away with the last apostle, but there you are with healings and miracles. Now, they either have to admit that they've been wrong and their denomination has been wrong and all their teachers have been wrong, or they got to get you out of the way. Well, I want to be with Jesus. Don't you? I want to identify with him. Yes, sir. And if people are coming to the Lord because of the reality of God they see in my life, it is well worth any persecution Amen. that you might endure. I shouldn't say might. That you will endure. Yes. Glory. Glory. So be it. Hallelujah. Somebody say, so be it. Let the, come. Let the miracles come. Let them come. God's getting us ready. By his grace, we can deal with whatever we need to deal with. The aftermath. The aftermath. On the next day, much people that were come to the feast, when they heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem, they took branches of palm trees. They went forth to meet him, and they said, cried, Hosanna. That means salvation. Blessed is the king of Israel that comes in the name of the Lord. Jesus, when he had found a young ass, he sat thereon, as it's written, Fear not, daughter of Zion. Behold, your king comes, sitting on an ass's coat. These things understood not his disciples at the first, but when Jesus was glorified, they remembered that these things were written of him and that they had done these things to him. You know, these people that are supposed to be such doctors of the law, they know these scriptures. What is this? Zechariah 9, 9, I think it is. They should know this. Thing after thing that they study and read every week is coming to pass in front of their eyes. And they should know this. They should recognize this. But they don't want it to be that way because they want to be the big shots. They want the attention and Jesus is getting the attention. So when you come face to face with light and it shows you up as wrong, you only got two choices. You can humble yourself and repent. Repent means change or you will harden yourself and resist it. And if you do so, it leads to destruction. The people, therefore, that were with him, when he called Lazarus out of his grave and raised him from the dead, they bear record. So there were a bunch of people there that saw Lazarus come out of that tomb. And they were all testifying. People were saying, is it true? Is it really true? God said, I was there. I saw it. And they were telling it. For this cause the people also met him. For they heard that he had done this miracle. The Pharisees therefore said among themselves. Perceive ye how you prevail nothing? Behold the world is gone after him. (laughs) You can hear the frustration of the devil. In this phrase. He's saying it ain't working. The whole world is going after him. Yes. Yes. See the devil's trying you know. I was talking to a friend about this a while back. You know, our country has lost ground in numerous ways, more than we want to admit. Because leaders have given place and been intimidated by pressure from ungodly people. Some guy, some woman showed up and said, half of your constituents don't want you to do this. They want you to take out the Bible and and take out prayer and do this. And the truth is, it's ten confused people over in a bar somewhere. Are you listening? It's nothing like half of their constituency. And instead of being a man and being a woman and standing up and saying, Well, no, I'm not changing for you. And being bold about their faith, they gave in. And they caved in. And they caved in. And we have lost tremendous ground. It's sad. Because people were cowards and they were weak. The devil tries to do this all the time with the church. He tries to say, oh, you know, we're losing all our young people and, and we're losing this. and Everything's going to the dogs and going to sin and going to the devil. No, it's not. I said, no, it's not. The enemy wants you to believe that. But let me tell you, there are the largest churches on the earth that have ever existed. Come on, are you listening to me? I'm telling you, people are getting saved by the millions. People are getting back to God. They're getting filled with the Spirit. They're learning about their authority in Jesus. More healings and miracles and amazing things are popping all over the planet. The devil is losing this thing in a hurry. Don't you believe him? Don't you believe it? No. No. Soon and very soon, this whole thing's gonna be wrapped up. Have you read the back of the book? It's not close. <laughs> it's not close. They said the whole world's going after him. And that's exactly right. There were certain Greeks among them that came up to worship at the feast. And the same came to Philip, which was Bethsaida of Galilee. They said, sir, we would see Jesus. Philip came and told Andrew. And Andrew and Philip told Jesus. And Jesus said to them, the hour Is come. See, the word and fame of him and of all these miracles and healings have now gotten out beyond Jewish walls. Here are Gentiles. Can you see this? And it's reaching outside and they're saying, we want to see this Jesus. They're coming. Now, Jesus did not go to them because he had already said, I am not sent, but to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. You remember that? And he looked at these guys and said, well... It's here. The hour's come. What does that mean? My course is run. In this respect. Now, you know, it's gotten out to the point to where the whole world is beginning to want to come in and see. And the Lord said, no, that's not my call. I've set the example. I've done what the Father told me to do. Now it's time for me to be the sacrifice. And he was going to leave preaching to the Gentiles and the whole world, to you and me. And that's ongoing right now. But notice he said, the hour is come. How many remember, but prior to this, he said repeatedly, my hour's not come. My hour's not yet come. And we see a, a radical change in the way he dealt with these leaders. The Bible tells us, at this point, that Jesus went and hid himself. And uh, prior to this, he would stand and look them in the eye and just walk through their midst. You remember that? Some of you act like you didn't know that. Go to uh, verse 36. Verse 36, Jesus said, while you have the light, believe in the light, that you may be the children of light. These things spoke Jesus and then departed and did what? Well, prior to this, when he knew his hour was not yet come, he knew they couldn't kill him. His course wasn't run. It wasn't done. He'd look them right in the eye and just walk right by them. Wouldn't it walk right through their midst. Now he goes and hides himself. Why? Because he knows the hour is come. He knows they can kill him. And he doesn't want it to happen a day before it's supposed to. Are you listening? How many of sometimes it's time to stand. And sometimes it's time to get out of town. Well do you reckon you ought to know what time it is. Because if you're standing there eyeballing them when it's time for you to get out of town. Or if you're running when it's time for you to make a stand. How will you know what to do? When and where? Friend, there is no substitute for learning to be led by the Spirit of God every day of your life. Now, Jesus said the hours come. That the Son of God should be glorified. Verily, verily, I say to you, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abides alone. But if it die, it brings forth much fruit. And we are some of that fruit, you and me. He that loves his life shall lose it. He that hates his life in this world shall keep it unto life eternal. If any man serve me, let him follow me. And where I am, there shall also my servant be. If any man serve me, him will my Father honor. How many of you know this life is not the main thing? We ought to be willing to sacrifice things in this life. Don't sacrifice serving Him trying to hold on to your little life in this world. Sacrifice things in this life to follow Him. He said, now is my soul troubled. And what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But for this cause came I to this hour. The waiting, the preparation, all of that's done. It's here. He knows it in His heart. It's time. Did He want to be made sin with our sin? Uh Uh-uh. Did He want to experience the separation from the Father? The going into the heart of the earth? The judgment falling upon Him? We really do not know at all how awful it was. We just don't know. But we know as strong as He is. He recoiled from it. And he said, Father, if there's any way, let this cup pass from me. Oh, but the courage. (laughs) I said, oh, the courage. The love for the Father. The complete submission to the Father when he'd come back and say, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. And you can see he comes face to face with it. How many know none of this caught him by surprise? None of it. He said no man takes my life from me. I lay it down. In just a few moments he says. The son of man must be lifted up. Signifying by what death he should die. He knew exactly how he was going. Didn't he? He knew he was going to be scourged. He knew he was going to be spit on and mocked. He knew he was going to be nailed to the cross. He knew the sins of all mankind was going to fall on his sinless spotless spirit. And he was going to be judged. He knew it. And when he comes right to it. And it's time to do it. His soul is troubled. And he says what am I going to say? Lord deliver me from this? No. This is why I'm here. This is why I came. Then he says it. Oh listen to the phrase. Father. Glorify your name. Oh friend can you hear this? Does this resound in your spirit? What are you hearing? Complete submission to the Father. Complete, total love for the... See, he taught us, if you love me, you'll keep my command. Is that true about him? Did he love the Father? Would he do whatever the Father told him then? He's come to it, it's going to cost him everything. Nobody's ever been through what he's about to go through. Nobody even fully understands What he went through. I mean you could see the outside. But that doesn't fully show what happened on the inside. You know just a few verses later. It talks about Isaiah saw his glory. You know Isaiah 53. That we're so familiar with. He took our infirmities. He bore our sicknesses. He carried our pains. Throughout that whole passage. Isaiah said his form. Was more marred. And his visage more than the sons of men. That's not talking about just what they did to him physically. He still looked like the form of a man. He's seeing in the spirit. He's seeing what sin did to him. And he said he don't even look like a man. We don't know what he went through. But can you hear the courage? Can you hear the courage? Oh. He stands up and he says. Am I going to ask to. The father deliver me this, I can't. That's why I'm here. Then he looks up and says, father, glorify your name. Yes. And this touched the father's heart so powerfully that he answered him out loud. Yes. <laughs> Everybody heard it. Everybody heard it. He answered him out loud. There came a voice right out of heaven and said, I have both glorified it. And I will glorify it again. How many think Jesus is your example? You're supposed to follow him. And though everything will not always be pleasant and easy, you're supposed to stand up and say, God, God, get glory to yourself in me. Whatever it costs, whatever it is, get glory to yourself in me. And the Bible said, the next verse, the people that stood around heard it. They heard it. And they said what? Was that thunder? (laughs) Others said, no, that's a voice. An angel spoke to him. That was a voice. And a lot of the people said, I think it thundered. They all heard the same thing, and yet they didn't hear the same thing Is it possible to have a revelation of God right in front of your eyes and not even see it yes. to have a revelation of God in your ears? I mean, a, we're talking about spectacular miracle. God spoke. everybody heard it, and their conclusion was, it thundered, didn't it? Keep reading. Jesus answered and said, this voice came not because of me, but for your sakes. Now, when a person is mature spiritually, they don't emphasize the spectacular. What would a lot of people have done that have been Jesus? That have said, did you hear that? Did y'all hear that? Did y'all get that on the tape? (laughs) Huh? Did you get that? Did y'all hear that? They would have made a huge deal out of the audible voice, wouldn't they? What Jesus say? He said, that wasn't for me. That was for you. He didn't need it to know the father had heard him. Or are y'all listening to me. The father was already surreal to him. He didn't need to hear voices and see things to know that the father heard him. He said, that came for you. And he said, now is the judgment of this world. Now shall the prince of this world be cast out and die. If I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. This he said, signifying what death he should die. The people answered and said, we've heard out of the law that Christ abides forever. And how you say the son of man must be lifted up? Who is this son of man? Is it possible to be looking right at him? And not know who you're looking at. I guess that's one of the more powerful things that I've gotten out of this series thus far. Is we've hollered, we've clamored to see and to hear and to know. And the thing is, we are seeing. We are hearing. But not perceiving what we're seeing. Not grasping what we're hearing. Does it make any difference where you're at as to what you hear? See, I heard the voice of God right out of heaven and said it thundered. I don't want to be like that. How about you? I don't want to have God right in front of my eyes and just walk right by and not even know what I saw. I don't want to hear amazing revelation. Now, this is happening at churches, real churches and real ministries and real meetings all over the world. People are hearing God talk. God's speaking to Are y'all listening to me or not? God's speaking to him through this book. He's speaking to him through his men and women. God is talking and people are sleeping through it, ignoring it, leaving bored, don't even know what they heard. But a few do. I said a few do. Some do. Come on, get this. Now, this is happening right now. Some of the folks, a bunch of the people said, you hear that? Yeah, sound like thunder to me. And others are going, that was God. That was God. God spoke to him. God spoke to him and said, I have glorified it and I glorified it. What? That was thunder. You see the same thing today. People will get excited and go, oh, glory to God. Did you get that? Did you hear that? They go, what? That was the word of the Lord. Did you hear the Lord? He said that and he spoke that. Oh, I don't know. That was so-and-so's idea, I reckon. I don't know what they were carried on about. Sound like it thundered to me. What do you do with the thunder? Ignore it. and Go on. He said, Jesus said, A little while, the light's with you. Walk while you have the light. Lest darkness come upon you. For he that walks in darkness... Knows not where he goes. While you have the light, believe in the light that you may be the children of light. Most translations say the sons of light. We are the sons of light. These things spoke Jesus and departed and did hide himself from them. But though he had done so many miracles before them, yet they believed not on him. And he talks about how Isaiah prophesied that they'd see and not see and hear and not hear. Their eyes have been blinded, their hearts hardened. Lest they should see and hear and understand and be converted and be healed. Verse 42. Nevertheless, among the chief rulers also many believed on him. But because of the Pharisees, they did not confess him lest they should be put out of the synagogue. I many know a lot of these guys in these rulership places, they did know the Scriptures, and when he came into town on an ass's coat, they could quote it to you. That's what Zechariah 9, they knew it. And they saw it, and they realized it, and they even believed. They said, he's got to be the one. He's got to be. But they wouldn't say it, because they were afraid of losing their papers. Are you listening? And they sat there and went along, With their plans to kill him and crucify him. While in their hearts they knew he was the Messiah. Why? Read the answer. Why? Why? Because what? They loved what? They loved the praise of men. They thought more of what men said and thought. Than they did God. Is this still true today with many people? Sadly it is. Jesus said, he that believes on me believes not on me, but on him that sent me. And he that sees me sees him that sent me. Is it true today with those that God really has sent and really is taught? That was too weak. Is it true if God calls somebody and is saying something through them that you're not just hearing them, you're hearing the one that sent them? Yes. If God called somebody and anointed them and and they're doing what he told them to do, you're not just seeing them, you're seeing the one that sent them. Is that happening today? But people are doing the same thing. Some are seeing it and going, man, this is God. And others are going, ah, it's just some crazy preacher or some crazy child of God or some crazy Christian. He said, I'm come a light into the world that whoever believes in me should not abide in darkness. If any man hear my words and believe them not, I judge him not. For I came not to judge the world, but to save the world. He that rejects me and receives not my words has one that judges him. He said, I'm not going to judge him. But what's going to He said, there is something that's going to judge him. The word that I have spoken, the same will judge him in the last day. Jesus is not going on about this audible voice. You know what he's going on about? The word. He said, now this word is what's going to judge you. I've not. He said, because I've not spoken of myself. The Father which sent me, he gave me a commandment, what I should say and what I should speak. And I know his commandment is life everlasting. Whatever I speak, therefore, even as the Father said to me, so I speak. Are you impressed in your spirit how much Jesus has emphasized this? He said, I can of my own self do nothing. He said, I only say what I hear Him say. I only do what He shows me. We're believing for miracles. We're believing for signs and wonders and, and powerful things. But friends, let us never elevate that above His Word. His Word is by far the more important. And what we do with His Word determines whether we're even able to see and discern the other or not. Go with me to Luke in closing. Let me give you this one thing before we go. Luke 16. We said what you do with the word determines whether you even have eyes to see these other things or not. Whether you would hear that it was God that spoke or whether you would just think it thundered. is tied back to what you did with his words previous to that. Oh, okay, can you see this now? People who are already receiving His words and believing on Him without seeing spectacular things are the ones that can discern them when they happen. People that didn't receive the word, even the most amazing miracles can happen right in front of their eyes and they'll make excuses why it can't be right and won't even know discern that it was the Lord. Look in Luke 16. That's not my idea now. We're reading the scriptures. Luke 16 is the story Jesus tells of the rich man and Lazarus. Different Lazarus, I guess. Uh, dying. And how that the uh, rich man lifted up his eyes in hell. And he saw Lazarus afar off in Abraham's bosom. And he cried out and asked for Uh, water let me read this to you in the latter part of this 16th chapter he said verse uh, 23 in hell he lifted up his eyes being in torments seeing abraham afar off and lazarus in his bosom and he cried and said father abraham have mercy on me and send lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue for i am tormented in this flame is hell real is it awful is it tormenting you know, you hear sometimes sinners and people say stupid stuff, you know. Uh, well, I'll see you in hell. We'll party on. We'll do this now. You know, we'll, I'd rather uh, rule in hell than serve in heaven. And ignorant, stupid, stupid stuff. If these people were in hell for 10 minutes, when they got back, when they stopped screaming, they would never make such a stupid joke like that again. Ain't nothing funny and cool about hell. Awful. Awful torment and abraham said son remember that in your lifetime you received good things and lazarus evil things and now he's comforted you're tormented and besides all this between us and you there's a great gulf fixed, so that they which would come from here to you cannot that they'd pass to us from there they can't then he said i pray you father that you'd send him to my father's house now think about this does he remember his life yeah, he remembers his family. He remembers, uh, Abraham said, Remember in your lifetime. So people say, Well, I, we know one another when we get to heaven. Do you know each other now? You're going to be you. You're not going to change. And yes, you'll have your memories. You'll have your mind. Mind's a part of your eternal being. And so he remembered all of this. And so he said, I'd like some water. And he said, We can't come from here to there. And he said, Well, then, verse 27. He said, I pray you that you would send him, send Lazarus to my father's house, because i got five brothers, and let him testify to them so that they won't come to this place where I am. How many know no matter what kind of infidel or skeptic or atheist or agnostic or what they railed about and said in their lifetime, if they died and they're in hell, how many know they would do anything they could to tell everybody on the earth that they confused and deceived? Don't come here. Don't come here. Don't do what I did. Don't come here. And so he wants his brothers not to come where he is. He wants them to know the truth. And so he said, please, send Lazarus to them. And Abraham said, now get this, verse 29. Abraham said to him, they have Moses and the prophets, let them hear them. Now he's not talking about Moses the man. He had been gone a long, long time. He's talking about the writings, isn't he? And the, he's talking about the Word, the Bible they had. Now we got the New Testament too. But he said, let them hear the Word. Now listen to this. And he said, no, Father Abraham, but if one went to them from the dead, they will repent. Is that true or not? <laughs> Verse 31. And Abram said to him, if they hear not Moses and the prophets... Neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. He said, no, if they won't hear the word, it wouldn't matter if I sent Lazarus back to them. And they saw him, they still wouldn't be persuaded. And this is also prophetic. How many know one has risen from the dead? Hallelujah, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, has risen from the dead and still millions will not believe. But can you see the absolute importance of what you do with the Word? It's the Word. Thank God for these amazing things. I mean amazing healings and miracles and deliverances and even dead being raised. But that's not the main thing. The main thing is the Word. And what you do with the Word determines whether you can even see or hear or discern any of these other things. or whether all the most amazing works of God will just pass you by and you think it thundered. Oh, I believe God has more in store for our generation and better things to come. And I don't want to be blind and deaf. I don't want it to pass me by. I want to see it. I want to hear it. I want to know what I'm seeing when I'm looking at it. I want to understand what I'm hearing when I'm hearing it. What will determine whether I can do that? What I'm doing with His Word right now. Oh, saints, are you with me on this? What you're doing with what you're hearing right now is determining what you'll even discern and see and hear in days to come. Stand on your feet, friends. Hallelujah. I'm glad I'm alive. I'm glad I'm in this time. And I'm glad I'm not just in the dark, but that He has enlightened us and we're becoming more enlightened. We are the sons of light. Sons of light.